0: Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. How many of you have really enjoyed this Come and See series so far? You've followed with us, you've tracked with us, you've kind of engaged so that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that's gonna make a great series or kind of just a eh kind of series, is will you engage, will you apply what you're learning, will you take what you've received and take it out, out, out with you, and, and I believe that that is really what's going to cause us to really grow when we apply things, right? You know, I remember in school, you'd learn all these useless facts is what I call them. I was always adamant about knowing why do I have to learn this. You ever one of, were you one of those students, or you just learned it for no reason? Okay, I was one of those guys that was like, Why do I need to know this, right? How do I need to know this? So I believe it's the same things to be a student of the word. We have to know why it's going to be applied. And last week we talked about the mission, that there is a mission for us to do. The reason it matters about knowing Jesus and growing in Him and going and doing something is because God has given us a mission to accomplish. It's not just to come on a Sunday morning, to be excited, to learn, to grow, and then say, Okay, all right, that was a great message. We'll see you next week, Pastor. But it it, It's a goal of doing something, applying something, and walking away with something. So last week, we looked at the mission. This morning, we are going to look at the source, the power in which Jesus operated. Now, let me tell you a quick story before we jump in. When I was younger, my dad was a a guy of all trades and all crafts, where there was this one time that he was working on one of the lawnmowers. Now, how many of you know what the pool guy is? P-U-L-L, not P-O-O-L, Okay. You are the guy that continues to pull on the rope while dad's working on the lawnmower. So sitting there pulling, 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 checking the spark plug, checking the wires, making sure everything's good, checking the oil. You know, I get frustrated out of my mind, right? You know, he's sitting there having a good old time getting ready, getting it fixed. You know, so sarcastically, I smart off and say, hey, you did check that there's gas in it, right? So he nonchalantly kind of just goes over there, opens the cap, and he does 100% verify that it is bone dry. Now, in life, our spiritual life can be like that. We can be doing all the right things. We can be trying to do maintenance. We can try to work on our life, but if there is not fuel in the tank, if if there's not power inside, we will never be and do what God has called us to be. Pulled and pulled and pulled in my own strength. And how many of you know that sometimes that's what our our spiritual life looks like? We're working, we're working, we're trying, we're trying. But yet, if there's no fuel inside... We will never be and do all that God has called us to do. So this, this is something that we have to look at. We have to look at our lives. We have to know what is the source. What, does it, what do I need inside to be all that God has called me to be? How many of you uh, in your service to God care about being an effective Christian? Some of you think about. You know, most people say, oh, I want to get saved and I want to be a lousy Christian. Right, That's not normally our goal. Our goal is to get saved and to, to live a life of following Jesus and, and being having a good testimony and doing great things and looking and reflecting that which Jesus has called us to do. Now, Jesus had a source to his power, and that's what I really want to spend a lot of time this morning looking at. There was a source to his power. Now, we know that he was perfect, that he was sinless, that he was the son of God, and I think some of us would claim that that was enough. Well, he was the son of God. He was born by the Holy Spirit. He was sinless. And that was what allowed him to do these signs and wonders. Well, if we look at the passage of scripture, we know that he was a boy, that he was born, that he was lost in the temple. He he actually should have been going with his parents. And his parents went on a journey and they got to the other city and realized Jesus was not with us. So he got lost just like a natural boy. He grew as a natural boy. He, he He was born in the flesh, just like you and I you know it says that he under, he understood what it meant to take on humanity but we would maybe say that you know it's how he was born it's what he did it's because he was the son of god but i would challenge you this morning that there was a separate power that came from god and god alone but how did he receive that power what was the big secret and the source of that power you guys ready you want to know the secret The source of his power was the Holy Spirit living and being released in him through his life. So in Jesus's years leading up to his ministry years, he just kind of did normal things. He was a student of the word. Everybody learned the Bible. They learned the Torah. They they were students of the word. He was in the temple because even as a boy, it says what? He was sharing the Bible in effective, and they were amazed at his knowledge and his understanding. He was a student of the word. But if we, if we look at John one thirty two, it says, Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven. We, we mentioned this scripture just a few weeks ago. Come down from heaven as a dove, and it remained on him. Now, this is where everything began to change. Leading up to this point, he, he, he accomplished things. He was a student of the Word. But this, from this moment forward, the Holy Spirit didn't just come and rest and just kind of empower for a moment. It said that it came down. And, and what did it do? It remained. And this was going to be the model going forward. This wasn't just, well, Jesus, you know, he came and he went and the Spirit came down it rested on him. But he was one of a kind. No, this was going to be the model from Jesus Forward, So if we look at the Bible times, in Old Testament times, what would happen? The Spirit of God would come down and it would rest and then it would depart. You know, he could be at one place at one time. He would rest on a prophet or he would rest on a king and empower him, give him wisdom and knowledge and all of these things. And then you would see the Spirit uh, move. So in 1 Samuel 16, 13 through 14, this is the story of where it says, The Spirit of God departed from Saul. And it powerfully rested on David. There was a transference of there was a transference of kingship from, from Saul to David. And at that moment you see just the anointing, the power in Saul's life just diminish, and you just see David's life just become more and more prosperous because the hand of God, the Spirit of God, was on David. So it was the same way, but the difference. Old Testament versus New Testament, that God wanted to do it a, do, a be, do it a better way. He wanted to make it available to all of us. So following that moment where Jesus was on the Jordan's edge of that water and he was baptized and he came up, the Spirit of God came down and it remained and it empowered him. John seven thirty-eight and 39, it says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So, so understand this passage was before Jesus' death, resurrection and sitting at the right hand of God. But it says up to that time, the spirit had not been given. And here's the key since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Right, So we're seeing all of these passages in light of Jesus still walking on the face of the earth, still accomplishing his mission through the voice of the disciples. But Jesus had not yet been glorified. That's the key. So this passage, it says that rivers will flow. Rivers of living water will flow from where? The outside in or the inside out? Okay, it says, from the inside out. Now, one of the biggest ways that I try to understand, what was the difference between Old Testament and New Testament? Old Testament was kind of like a waterfall. As long as the waterfall was flowing on you, you had that power, and man, it was, it was hitting you and going out to the world. The difference of the Old Testament versus the New Testament was that a river from the inside out would flow out of you. It didn't need an external source because that external source and that external power was Where? inside of me. And that changes everything. It was on the inside, but it said it had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now notice that passage says later to receive. So this is really, really exciting news this morning, because do you realize that later to receive is now it's right now. It's, we're not waiting on anything else. Jesus has already died. He rose from the dead and now he's sitting at the right hand of God, releasing the spirit of God to live inside of you and I. There's nothing more that needs to be done. But what we have to do, we have to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. We have to realize that the Holy Spirit is living on the inside and wants to come out of you and it wants to come out of, out of me. Now, the Holy Spirit is God's greatest gift apart from salvation to the believer. It's what causes all of these things, the inspiration, the um, inspiration. It's, it's the key to our success. Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Also, John fourteen sixteen through 17. Sorry, I'm giving you a lot of scripture to kind of set up some of these things we're gonna talk about. John 14, it says, and I will ask the Father. This is when he goes to heaven and he will give you another advocate to help you. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. He will be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, notice the criteria here. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. So there is one condition to tap into this Holy Spirit power this morning. You have to have a relationship with God through the avenue of Jesus Christ. Or you will be one that does not know him and can't receive him. And and you may may not understand this morning why you have not tapped into this power that we are about to talk about. But if you have no relationship with God through Jesus, we don't know him. And we can't even accept this gift of the Holy Spirit yet. But it says we will receive what when the Holy Spirit comes on us? Power. Right. So I would challenge you before we jump in to really four functions of the Holy Spirit. That if the Holy Spirit is alive and active in your life, you should see powerful evidence in your life of him indwelling you. If you haven't seen anything, maybe we need to loosen up a little bit and let that Holy Spirit come out of us. And I hope looking at these four functions of the Holy Spirit, you'll move from Maybe just not realizing to really stepping into the fullness of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through your life. So we're going to look at four functions of the Holy Spirit this morning. Number one, he gives us the power to live an overcoming life. If that was just it, that would be good enough for me because we all know that there's areas in our life that we need to change. Amen? Amen? Amen. Anybody? Like, yeah, we got areas that need to change that we're saying, Lord, help me in this area. You know, if it's, if it's nothing more than patience, Right? Which I think a lot of us deal with impatience, right? Um, or, you know, and, and whatever it is in our life that we need, we need His overcoming power in our life. So, the person who releases the Holy Spirit in their life will not only have a change of heart, but they will have a change of habit. It's not just saying, oh, well, I really desire to change those things. You're not just gonna change internally and in your mind, your habits are gonna change. You will go from doing bad things, whatever you wanna describe that is, to doing maybe not so bad things. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not going to say you never struggle or that you will never sin, but there is going to be an, a change from where I now have power within me to live an overcoming life in, reg- in whatever it is that I struggled with separate from Jesus. Because I believe that there are things that we, we surrender at the cross when we come to know God, but there is a sanctification, there is a purification process that ca- takes me from, from heathen to holy. Holy. I have to get from these habits, these things, and a lot of things that we've opened ourselves up to in our sinful times of life could still be a struggle in our spiritual life. Right? Right? We We just have to realize that sometimes those things don't change, but we have to realize that we don't have to stay stuck in heathen life, but we can move over here to holy life. Because the power of the Holy Spirit working in me allows me to live an overcoming life. What used to grip and destroy you will have to now be released from you. If we allow the Holy Spirit within us to cause all the... We sing songs about chains being broken. I think some of us come in with the chains and we leave with the chains. We don't allow the power working of God. And we talked a lot about that this morning. The power of God, the power in us, Him doing what He can do, yielding to Him, trusting in Him. That's what it's all about. Jesus overcame the world so you could live an overcoming life. That's why he overcame. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world and all of its problems and all of its strongholds, all of its addictions. He overcame all of those, not just for me, but for you. Some of y'all are freaking out because you think God is going to expose your sin. He's not going to expose your sin. He's going to extinguish and remove your sin from your life. We're so fearful of, what if they know? What if they see? You realize that things exposed to the light get removed from your life? So you can't, there's no way for God to deal with it without identifying what it is. If we're going to trust Jesus with our lives, maybe we should trust him with our problems also. It's not for you to change, but guess what? The Holy Spirit can change those things in our heart. Overcoming means to conquer or to be conquering, living a victorious, free life. If week after week, if day after day you are bound by something and you are a child of God, you do not have to walk in that. The Holy Spirit can break those chains off of your life in a moment and you can walk free. You have to realize that. I think some of us, you know, maybe apply, you know, Paul's thorn in the side. Well, this is just my thorn. Guess what? It's not willful struggle sin that he's going to allow to be a thorn in your life. He may put something in there, kind of taper down your selfish pride, but he's not going to allow willful sin, stronghold, addictive sin in your life to be a tool that he uses for his glory. His glory is that that is removed and we can have a new testimony of what God has done by the power of the Holy Spirit allowing us to live that overcoming life. 1 John 5, 4 through 5, this is in the New Living Translation. It says, every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Let me read that one more time. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It goes back to the key being Jesus. Jesus is what allows us that victory. Overcoming means that we can conquer, that we are conquering, living a victorious, free life is what he wants for each of us. You know, one of the things that changed in my life receiving salvation was anger. I still get mad, but I don't get stupid angry. That's the difference. Any of you got stupid anger issues? Or used to have stupid anger issues? You know, like, I mean, I'm just talking like out of control, like I was flipping tables like Jesus, but in an unholy kind of way. Right? Just getting mad and frustrated, throwing things, breaking things. Well, yeah, man, crazy. Like almost like this outer body looking at myself and being like, you big idiot. What are you doing? But there was this lack of of control. There was this anger. There was this internal rage. And then upon salvation, I'll tell you a quick little testimony. I had a buddy down the road that always used to pick on me. It was bad enough that I said one day, when I get big enough, I'm going to bust you up. This was out of ugly, stupid rage, Right? Well, I always say God saved that guy because I got saved before I got my vengeance on him. <laughs> but that came out of that ruthless heart to end his life and cause him pain that he caused me out of that ugly, w- a vicious, sinful heart. But I tell you what, when I received salvation, I think that was one of the marks of what the Holy Spirit did in my life. Now, I'm not saying I don't get mad and I know I gotta be careful because I can get mad again. But that's who I was and that's not who I am. There's like stupid patience now, right? You know, it's like on the other side of just where this grace of God working in my life, causing all of these things to live at perfect peace. Now, you know, I'll chuckle internally sometimes because I'll know how I want to respond. So I remember those days, oh, you're lucky. Should put some hands on you in an unspiritual way right now. But God gives me grace and he gives me that, the, the patience So he takes our failures, he takes these areas of weakness, and he turns our failures into fruit. Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, when we look at these, do you realize these are not natural attributes? These are spiritual attributes. Has anybody ever just woke up and said, oh, I'm just going to love everyone? Uh Uh-huh, Yeah. That's not normal, that's not normal wiring. Or you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna be joyful about getting up for five o'clock for work, I'm just so excited. Right, or oh, I'll be more patient with you, I just love being patient. Or being gentle, or being kind. Like these are not natural attributes, but these are spiritual attributes. I believe when we come to the knowledge of Jesus that these fruit begin to cultivate and grow in our lives and should be evident all around us. Self-control. Tell you what, self-control fixes anger issues, right? If I can be self-controlled, I don't get angry. A lack of self-control is getting angry, right? So we should see these fruits in our life, but these are not natural. These are spiritual. Romans six fourteen, it says, for sin shall no longer be your master, but you are no longer under the law, but you are under grace. John eight thirty six. so if the son has set you free, you will be free indeed. So the first thing the Holy Spirit does, the function that he has in our life, is the Holy Spirit releases power to live an overcoming life. You have to know that. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. Number two, power to witness for Jesus. We talked about the commission last week. But he gives us a power to be an effective witness. Acts 118, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria to all the ends of the earth. We will be effective at witnessing We will be witnesses. It doesn't say if you want, if you're a pastor, if you would like to. It says you will be my witnesses. Now, you know, God would never ask us to do something that he couldn't work out through us. Now, I know a lot of us say, well, pastor, I'll just bring them to church and you witness to them. But let me tell you what, the key of having the Holy Spirit inside of me and the key to having the Holy Spirit inside of you is that you can be effective witness. How many of you have ever had the privilege of an opportunity to share an effective witness? You're talking to somebody and God gives you a little bit of inspiration how to take a conversation that is just talking about stuff and makes it spiritual. You ever been there? He'll give you insight and say, hey, you know what? You like fishing? You know, the disciples were kind of fishermen too. You ever heard about the disciples in the Bible? Segway, find a way to communicate it, find a way to, to share the gospel, the love of Jesus in a way that's effective. God will give you a way to witness in every situation, in every moment if you allow the Holy Spirit to do it through you. He's a lot more effective than you are. Do you realize that? Many of you feel like you don't have an effective witness but a Holy Spirit inside of you has the effective witness. But he needs our cooperation in opening our mouth and, and moving our focus on a kingdom agenda. Accomplishing the mission with the source of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Witnessing is often an intimidating thing, and I will tell you straight up requires guts and boldness. I've never had a convenient, easy, just like, oh, well, this is just easy. Every time there's a risk. Every time there's something inside, like like I almost, you kind of like almost want to vomit. You ever been there? Anybody here? You never, or like you get super nervous or anxious, you're just like, it's like the scariest thing ever. No, know I ain't the only one that's done that. Me only? Like, or you want to say something, or you don't say something, or you chicken out, or then you go ahead and do it? Well, the cool thing when you take the risk to witness, and then the witnessing works. You're like, man, how about that? Holy Ghost, come on, Jesus. You don't know what your waitress is going to. You don't know really what your friends are going through. Most of us do a pretty good job, even in the church, putting a facade up and, and making it look like we're all okay. Well, let me tell you what, most of the world is not Okay. They need the power of your witness through the Holy Spirit for you to speak into their lives, to encourage them. Hey, just pray for somebody. Maybe even just praying for somebody will get you, you know, stepping out of the boat into that level of faith. Even said, you know, somebody saying, "Hey, well, my finances or my health or, hey, well, can I just pray for you?" Man, that's another bold move, right? Praying for people outside of church. What are we doing out here, Lord? We're being an effective witness, but He gives us the power. Of, of a, of of a powerful witness. So it, it's going from being timid and quiet to being bold and courageous. Uh, you know, and in my life, I have found a desire to tell people about Jesus. That's I think in that effective witness it's, and I think deep down, if we all pay attention to it, we all really, really want to witness to people. We want to tell others of what God has done in our life. We just don't always know how, but guess what? You don't have to know how you just need to be willing to cooperate with the Holy spirit inside of you because you don't know what to say. But it actually says the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to say, when you need to say it. Thank God for that, because I don't know what to say. But he'll give you that inspiration. He'll show you what to do. But the power to witness has to come from a passion that really maybe is not from us, but I'll tell you what, that passion is a passion of the Holy Spirit. It was a passion of Jesus. It was a passion of God. And that's where it comes from. Witnessing is showing others Jesus in, in its simplest form. So the Holy Spirit releases power to witness for Jesus. Can you say that? The Holy Spirit releases power to witness, say, releases power to witness for Jesus. Where's that Holy Spirit at? Inside. Not just inside of me, right? All right. You're like, Yes, I got it, pastor. It's inside of you. So if he's inside of you, you can witness effectively. So number one, he allows us to live an overcoming life. Number two, he, allows, he gives us power to witness for Jesus. Number three, power to fulfill the great commission. So understand this, God wouldn't, and like I said, he would never ask us to do anything that we can't accomplish or that he doesn't want to cooperate with us, with us, through us. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, 19. You realize that this was a command and an instruction, not a suggestion. Well, if you really, really want, or if you're feeling it, or if you had a good week, or the Sunday service was really, really good, you guys go into all the world. If it was a good week for you, I don't want to overpressure you. No, it was a command and an instruction, not a suggestion. Right? The call of following, of going, of doing the work of ministry. This is what it looks like, fulfilling the Great Commission. When God instructed that Great Commission, he also told us that he would give us the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish it. You know, I've often seen the power of the Holy Spirit being released in the doing and the going, not in the sitting. And if you, if you, if you really just get out of the boat, and you know, I always go back to that story of Peter on the water. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to step out on the waters and, and call me to come out to you. Well, how many of you know to see the power of God move in that moment, there took faith of Peter having to step out of that boat. He could have sat in the boat, comfortable, much like we're sitting here today, comfortable, and we won't see anything. Well, what happens instead of stepping out of the boat, we step out of the church. And God asks us to do something bold and courageous that doesn't make sense. And there's actually no physical way for me to do that. And it's even worse if I can't swim. Think about that. Could Peter swim? I hope so. I mean, he's a fisherman. I hope so. But let's say you were in that boat. Lord, I can't swim. I don't even know why I'm in this boat. And how dare you call me to come out? But if we get outside of our comfort zone, if we get outside of the four walls of the church and we go and do, I promise you, I promise you the power of God and the Holy Spirit will go with you. He will prove himself to be who he said he was. You're not proving yourself. You're just being that conduit to release the power of God through you to fulfill that great commission. It's in the going that we see that. To go and fulfill the great commission, you have to have the fuel inside. Let me get back to that just one more, that same illustration we opened to. Some of you are just like, I'm working hard, I'm working hard. Pastor, new spark plugs, new wires. If the fuel inside is not burning and it's not being released like God wants it to, you will never fire up and accomplish your purpose. It just won't happen. You know, going without the Holy Spirit will make the mission impossible. If you just got your mind made up, I'm going to go make a difference. There's a lot of difference makers, but I believe the Holy Spirit inside of us can give us the potential not to just be difference makers, but world changers. Because that was, that's what the mission was about. It was global. It was way bigger than just, well, because I'll tell you what, most of us are going to uh, try to do things that we can accomplish within our own strength. We're not going to venture out to doing these great exploits unless the Spirit of God puts it inside of us. But he will. He will call you to be bold and courageous. He needs your, your help to accomplish this mission. I mentioned just briefly about not knowing what to say, not knowing what to teach, you know, in John fourteen twenty six, it says the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will actually remind you of all of the things that Jesus said. Now, let me help you help you with that. Do you realize it says that He will remind you of those things that He has spoken? Do you realize if you haven't put it in you, He can't draw it out of you? I thank God you're hearing a lot of Word this morning. You may pull up a Word because the Holy Spirit will bring it back. You say, I wouldn't have listen? I was falling asleep, Pastor." It don't matter. If it will hit your ears and get into your heart, the Holy Spirit will pull that back out of your remembrance. I quote scriptures I didn't memorize. And pastor's not really that smart, right? You know, it's just, scriptures will come. I'm like, Lord Jesus, where'd that come from? Holy Spirit. But I tell you what, I know how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and I allow the Holy Spirit to come out of me. Um, I tell you what, I cannot even be effective in what I'm doing this morning without the Holy Spirit coming out of me. If you could see my notes And you could see when I leave the page and I step into that place of where the spirit of God just begins to speak like rivers of living water flowing out of me, it would amaze you. You don't know what he's doing, but the spirit of God knows what he's doing because he's called your pastor to be an effective witness. He's called your pastor to fulfill the great commission through the church, through you, so you can go out and do everything that he's called you to do. There are times that the Spirit of God will give me something very specific and you get very offended. Say, Pastor, somebody been telling you about me? No. Nope. But the Spirit of God knows all things. And he will speak to you directly because He wants you to be all that you, He's called you to be. He wants to want you to be full of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to leave this place unshackled. And, and convinced through faith, not just in your mind, but through faith that with Christ all things are possible. You don't have to leave the same. You don't have to say, well, good message, Pastor, but I'm just going to go back and try to survive another week. You can thrive this next week if you want. But we have to release the Holy Spirit inside of us to come out. We cannot do it without him. It would just be a persuasive speech if the Holy Spirit wasn't working in and through your pastor. Often. Because that's what I need to have a successful career, ministry, whatever you want to look at it. But for us to really fulfill the commission of God, we need to consistently be hitting the mark. But let me tell you what you've put in. God can bring out. If you're going to work, listen to the Bible on audio. You're like, I don't even know what it was saying. I was drinking my coffee and thinking about work stuff. It don't matter. Guess what? Your spirit can get it and it will deposit it inside. And then when you need to pull from the inside out, you got something to pull from. Amen. Ooh, that's a good word. We all need to grow in that. Just remember that you're not alone in fulfilling the Great Commission, but the Spirit of God is within you. In your weakness of lack, the Holy Spirit will always demonstrate His, His power. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, When I am weak, then He is strong. In your moments of inadequacy, God is going to prove Himself strong. But I'll tell you what, most of us never get there because we live so conservative lives. We, we are not risk takers for Christ. We're the safe contemporary Christian that never rocks the boat, that's not going to get out of the boat. But you may never even see great exploits either. So you got to challenge yourself. you got to get out of that comfort. you got to get out of that just showing up for me. But I'm showing up so I can get filled up, so I can go out and I can change the world. Allowing that fire, that fuel inside to just begin to cultivate so that it'll come out of me. So, number one, power to live an overcoming life. Number two, power to witness for Jesus. Number three, power to fulfill the Great Commission. And number four, power to heal the sick and cast out demons. Now we just took it up a level, okay? This is not something you can do within your own strength. But how many of you know through Jesus' life, we saw all signs and wonders all the time? It was more common than uncommon. I don't think Jesus ever said, hmm, couldn't cast that one out. The disciples were challenged with that. And the moment this, the, the disciples were challenged, he said, hey, how come we couldn't cast this one out? He said, oh, that one only comes out with prayer and with fasting. It, but it was tied to faith. It wasn't tied to the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them. It was a faith gap. So we have to make sure that our faith is matching what what our spirit wants to do because that is going to be what's going to either clog up the pipes or going to release the pipes of that flow of the Holy Spirit to come out of you and to come out of me. We have to trust, all right, Lord. You know, one thing as a pastor that I've always prayed, I said, Lord, help me not stay with what I know because I don't know that much. I haven't experienced that much, Lord, but I want to be free to operate in whatever you want to do. If I've never seen it, if I don't understand it, but it's where you want to go, Lord, I will trust you and I will step out of the boat. Lord, you better catch me because I don't want to be the pastor that goes bloop, bloop, bloop to the bottom of the ocean. But I will follow God. I will be obedient. I will look foolish. I won't care what people think, but I will be obedient to the spirit of God inside of me every single time. And guess what? I got to do it quickly because if I wait too long, I'll chicken out. Just go for it. When you know the spirit of God saying something, don't wait for the third time for the waitress to come back. When God told you that time, say it right away. Hey, come here, come here. You need water? No, I got something else for you. They got to keep coming back. Can't leave you the re- unless you leave the restaurant. Come on. But I'm telling you, you will chicken out if you wait. Well, I'm going to wait. And, and maybe even in the church, there's been a word that God wants to speak through you. And you waited too long and then it got awkward. And then it, the, the moment passed. You ever seen that? Like There's there is, there is not just word and instruction, but there is timing to the word, word of God, too. Amen. There's been times that I've missed it. But I'll tell you what, I'm one of those swinging for the fence guys. I would rather swing for the fence and maybe hit a home run than just stand in there watching the ball pass by. I'm going to swing every single time, and I encourage you to do also. So power to heal the sick and cast out demons. So understand, this is Holy Spirit power, not personal power. This is supernatural work. And and this spiritual work operates through the authority of Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit living in me. It's all authority passed down from God to Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit to me. If any miracle, if any miraculous sign happens, it's not because Pastor Noe prayed a whole lot. It's because the power of God in me is being released through me. That's it. nothing to do with me. Now, holiness, faith, obedience, all of those have to be in a line to see these things happen. We have to know when the spirit of God wants to heal and when the spirit of God really is allowing somebody to to learn something because I've seen that also where God is really, you know, you know, this is one of the passages that really catches me off guard talking about signs and wonders. Um, the disciples asked a question one time, Hey, why is this person punished in their infirmity in their body? And they said, was it the mother that sinned or was it the father that sinned? Now, a lot of us think that way. It's because of consequences, is because what they've done or haven't done. And you know what Jesus is, or the response was is, no, this one is here so that my father could be glorified. There are moments that God wants to heal those just because he wants his glory to be revealed in the earth. Hallelujah. But if we never participate or we don't allow the Holy Spirit to come out of us, it'll never happen. But this authority has been given to, given to us, John 14, 17. It says, he lives in you and will be with you. I know a lot of people say, well, pastor, if you were just with me, if you were just there talking, if you'd go to work with me today, we could witness to all of our friends. Well, God did something better than pastor. Noe. he put the Holy Spirit inside of you that will be with you every single moment. He didn't gyp you. He actually gifted you with one of the greatest gifts, the spirit inside of us. You know, signs and wonders will only happen by working with the Lord, not absent from him. The power to heal and cast out happens through Christ's power flowing through you and I. Mark sixteen nineteen. it says, After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. Hear that? The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. There was a collaboration. He just didn't say, all right, good luck. He worked with them by the Holy Spirit. Looking at this last point, closing up quickly. It says, "Um, the power to heal the sick and cast out demons, it's a lack of faith, not a lack of power. You have to understand this. The Holy Spirit within you is not limited, but our faith often determines our outcome. I've seen it over and over again. It's not that the Holy Spirit can't, that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to, but a lot of times I am cutting off of that flow of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. According to your faith, how many of you know that was said so many times from Jesus? According to your faith, according to your faith, according to your faith. And this morning I would challenge you, according to your faith, who do you believe the Holy Spirit to be in your life? Well, I don't know, Pastor, I've never thought about that. I would challenge you this morning and say the Holy Spirit wants to release more power in you than you have ever thought or maybe even imagined. Maybe you've already cooperated with the Holy Spirit for a long time and you've seen his power in your life. I believe that he wants to do more in your life. Because there are still souls at stake. He has not come back yet. The commission still stands of what he's called us to do. But we must grow our faith. How do we do that, Pastor? Jude 20 in the NIV, it says, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. Uh, uh, You know, there's a lot of, and it's a whole nother message, but you know, the Holy Spirit, often he gives a prayer language to those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit. It says they begin to speak in other tongues. We're not preaching that this morning, but I believe if you have been, if you've asked the Holy Spirit inside of you and you have spoken out in tongues, that that prayer language is to edify yourself. You should be praying in the spirit all the time, be in the shower. Lord, I thank you for your kida, shida. And you're like, oh. And my kids walk in. Dad, what are you saying? I'll talk to you later. It confuses. But I can also explain, son and daughter, this is a prayer language that God has given me. And when we pray in the spirit, we know that it prays the perfect will of God. It's all another message. But I believe that when we pray in our prayer language or we pray according to the spirit. I know I don't like to pray a whole lot, so I like to pray very precise. You may say, hey, well, how do I do that? Ask Holy Spirit what to pray for. If you've never received a prayer language, ask God for a prayer language. Um, But he gives us the Holy Spirit to release power, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. So how do we respond to that? Remember when I was younger, uh, we'd ride bikes all the time. We have bike riders in here. We all used to ride bikes. Everybody had a bike, right? Right remember riding a bike, and one of the cool things to do was to ride without handlebars. You ever did that? Yeah. I ain't that bold. Man, I used to do it like nothing. Ride the bike, get the handlebars off. Well, I would challenge you today that that's what it's like. Many of you already have a relationship with the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is inside of you. But you have to do something this morning. You have to let go of the handlebars and hope that you don't wreck in the ditch. Because there is a scary risk. It feels just like that. Well, trust in this Holy Spirit thing. It's risky. What if I fall? What if I, but i tell you, you're already riding the bike. The Holy Spirit's already inside of you. But this morning, you just got to let go. Keep pedaling, keep moving forward, and he will steady your life and you will continue to move forward. Can you stand up with me? We're going to close. So what do I do now? You're saying, let go of the handlebars. That's scary to me. I don't know what to do. You know, uh, the other day, man, I don't think any of the kids or anybody was around, but I tried it again. I was riding my bike and I kind of went like this. Oh, Lord Jesus. (laughs) It's not as easy as it used to be. Or perhaps I care more about my safety than I ever have. And I think that that's the problem. We're more concerned about our safety than we are about the call. So pastor, what do I do? And I would love to tap into the source of this power And allow it to be released from my life. So there's two conditions that have to, well, actually three conditions that have to be made. First, you need to remove all your barriers and then you have to request and you have to release the Holy Spirit in your life. It's really, really that simple. We need to remove, request, and release. So how do we remove all the barriers? First, we just give our life to Jesus. We say, Lord, forgive me all my sin. I believe in Jesus. I give my life to you. Cover me in your blood. We remove any barriers. Do you realize sin is a barrier between you and God? Do you got that? You realize that? That's right. So Jesus removes those barriers. So then what do we do? We request. So that first removing all barriers says, Peter replied in Acts 2.38, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the, Holy, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe that that gift of the Holy Spirit is inside every single believer. But the next step is requesting and releasing. I know for me, I didn't know nothing about the Holy Spirit. Then I heard about the Holy Spirit. I was like, what in the world? This is Holy Ghost power. This is power within me that can come out. So then it was requesting and just releasing, like letting go of those handlebars. I didn't have it all figured out, but I I had the salvation part down. I knew the Holy Spirit was inside of me and just had to be released out of me. So we have to request and we release the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, 11 through 13, it says, Your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do they give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do they give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's just like salvation. We ask for salvation. We need salvation We respond to a salvation call, understanding we need Jesus. Well, I hope more than ever today, you understand that you need the Holy Spirit just as much as you need Jesus's blood. Because what did I say last week? Up until finding Jesus, it's all about finding Jesus. Once we find Jesus, it's all about telling others about Jesus. And that's where we collaborate with the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. I have prayer teams available this morning. If you guys can go ahead and come forward. I don't know where you're at with uh, just the power of the Holy Spirit being released in your life. But I believe that He, if you are a follower, if you are a believer in Jesus, that Holy Spirit is inside. All you have to do is say, Lord, I don't know what's damming up the flow of that river coming out. But Lord... I ask for it, and I release it. And you just really just kind of take your hands off the handlebars and allow the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. It's really, really that simple. But guess what? How many of you know you have to physically take your hands off the handlebars? So I believe maybe this morning you physically need to respond. You physically may need to come forward. You may physically need to respond in some way. So I'm going to encourage you to respond in one of two ways this morning. I'm going to encourage you to lift your hands towards heaven and receive the free gift and say, Lord, I want that. I need that. I need more of that in my life. Or you respond because you don't really know what to do. And you come up here and you allow these prayer teams to kind of lead you in to releasing the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Notice I said there's four things that the Spirit of God does. What are those four things. Number one. An overcoming life. There may be things that you need the power of sin broken off right now. Power, Holy Spirit can do that. Number two, a witness for Jesus or fulfilling the Great Commission. Or maybe you say, Pastor, this ho- this signs and wonders and re- this completely freaks me out. It's not from you. It's from the Holy Spirit, so that we would see these signs and wonders in this lifetime. So let me pray for you, and I'll just allow you to respond. You can either come forward or lift your hands towards heaven. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, this morning we say we cannot do it without you. Father, we need you in our life more than ever. So Holy Spirit, come. Be released in our life. Father, we just uh, trust you work and move in our lives like we've never seen. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm going to dig in a little bit deeper that you are authorized as a child of God through the Holy Spirit to do great exploits in this life. And I believe we're just going to continue to grow in that. But this, this morning, I just want you to just pause just for a minute. If you have never just really released the Holy Spirit to work and move in your life, just give Him access. Holy Spirit, you can have all of me. Lord, that you'd break down anything That's preventing the fullness of those rivers of living water flowing out of me. Lord, as we go from this place, Holy Spirit, don't let us go. Keep working on us. Father, that we would believe your word. And Father, that we would see it also working in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you next week. Keep pressing in and come back next week and we'll just continue to move a little bit closer to what God wants to show us. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.